0: Before we get into this episode of Conversations with Dwyer, I want to invite you to check out themattdwyer.com. There you can find merchandise like t-shirts or phone cases with the logo created by Charlene Yee, and you could become a Patreon subscriber. $5 a month gets you everything you could want. There's bonus material, videos, extended interviews, blogs. I sometimes do a podcast that solely lives on Patreon, where I talk to comedians about the music they like. TheMattDwyer.com Explore it. Also, all social media is there. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Conversations with Dwyer. <laughs> Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer, and if you listen, you already know this is a music podcast. If you don't listen, then this is a music podcast, and you're probably listening because my guest today is Buffalo Nichols, a.k.a. Carl Nichols, and that song that played me in is from his recent album. I guess it would be his debut album. Though he has records out with somebody else he did, worked with. Uh, but the song is called How to Love, and and that is from his self-titled album, Buffalo Nichols. And he's, as you could probably tell by the music, is a blues musician. Uh, I'm a big blues dork. I'm a music guy in general, but I really like blues. I grew up in Chicago. How can I not like blues? It was everywhere. Sometimes a lot of bad stuff. Probably more bad blues in Chicago than good blues. But I did get to see some good blues. Um, that album is out on Fat Possum. Uh, in the show notes, you there are the links to his uh, Buffalo Nichols' uh, band camp, so you can go and buy it. Please do buy it. And I recently had a conversation with Nadia Garofalo of Ganser, who is a previous guest, and I was asking her, what are the best ways to support artists? Because I think now that we're in this sort of Weird time where it takes forever to get records, and maybe environmentally it's not the best to always buy records. I buy a lot of used records, which I feel is like recycling, so I feel good about that. But uh, I want to always support artists, I think that's important. And she said one of the best ways is t shirts buy a t shirt because they're cheaper to make, more profit for the artist. Just a thought records are expensive to make, they sell more but they tend to have a, you know, less of a profit margin for the band. And what I want to do when I buy is support the artist, not the label and not no streaming motherfuckers, the artist. So just some things to think about from old Nadia from Ganser. Also a great band and a great episode. Um, my conversation with Buffalo Nichols is really great. We talked for an extended period of time, that of which you can find on Patreon. We talked for I want to say we talked for an hour and a half. So, but I could be wrong. But we talked. There's extra content if you become a K- Patreon subscriber, and you can always do that at thematwire.com. Speaking of websites, my partner Kelly R. Dwyer, makes websites. She designs websites. She does my website. She does my favorite murder, if you know that very popular podcast. She does Ologies, which is also a very popular podcast and a bunch of others. So if you need a website, go to the kellyrdewire.com, Kelly Kelly com, and ask about getting a website made for you, be it for a podcast or your political campaign. She's done them all. And that's enough of my babble, I think, today. I'm exhausted. I have two kids, two dogs. And uh, by the way, just as a side note, this episode comes out November 18th, 2021. November 19th is my birthday. Wish me a happy birthday. Now enjoy my conversation with Buffalo Nichols. Now I'm actually in Wilmington, Delaware. How oh, so beautiful. <laughs> Are you? I guess you <laughs> I've been to Milwaukee. I, haven't been, I don't think I've been to Wilmington. It's my first time here, too. How's it? Tr- how's yeah, I'm on tour. Oh, right. Oh, well, I appreciate you taking out the time to do this, because I know how that can fucking be. Because you're probably yeah, just yeah. like, I want a nap. Why do I got to talk to this fucking asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Read my mind, man. No, it, it,
1: no, it, <laughs> no it's, it's totally good. We, we had a day off uh, yesterday, so, and I got to yesterday So I'm feeling well rested
0: What do you What do you like to do When you got a day off Do you get to, Do you Cause I've I used to tour Not as a musician But similarly And uh You uh, know Half the time I was just like Fuck this town I'm staying in bed
1: Yeah I Am that I'm the exact same way I don't I mean really to me Rest is more valuable Like This city's not Probably not going anywhere I can come back But <laughs> Once I miss that nap <laughs> If I miss that nap It's gone forever
0: <laughs> Yeah Is it uh, Have you done a lot of Extensive touring? I know you Yeah. Yeah um,
1: Yeah I've done a lot of touring Most of it was very Like sort of DIY um, And I've done like some You know Week Two week stints And like sort of uh, You know Properly managed Setups And But it's always like, you know, whenever I'm touring with other bands There's always one person in the band who wants to like go to the museum or some shit (laughs) Or like, you know, go see the the local attractions Which is totally good to do on some days But, you know, yesterday was like one of those days
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because did it take you a bit... uh, Was there like a learning curve with... Because, you know, like... When I toured and I was young, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna drink and see if any girls want to talk to me." I succeeded at the drinking; the girl part didn't work out so well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. Well, not really for me, honestly. Like, I have never, I never really, really liked the social aspect of, of performing or touring. So, I always just wanted to be left alone most days. So, wasn't too hard. The drinking was like to coax. Actual social interaction, so it wasn't like I you know I was not looking for trouble or anything,
0: yeah, that's what i it took me a long time to learn, but I was just doing it because I was uh, anxious it, uh, it really had nothing to do with the taste I just it was the only way I could talk to people, yeah, exactly, which is healthy, Carl it's a healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It only took me a few decades to figure out Maybe I was making a huge mistake Well, better late than never Yeah, that's true I
1: mean, I kind of I was very um, I've always been very introverted But then I'm 30 now But in my 20s I I would drink to force myself to, to be more social But then I I think the big aha moment for me was like Wait a minute I don't have to drink To be normal It's just that These people all kind of suck I have to drink to tolerate them (laughs) So I was like I'm just gonna go back To being by myself And A lot more stable
0: Yeah I used to like Bartend So uh, Like In between Jobs and stuff Or like gigs And That's the What I've quickly learned Is like Oh man People drinking If you're not drinking It's just It's a It's hell on earth Yeah Yeah uh, Absolutely. Who you do you who are you pl- touring with? Uh, drive by truckers. Oh, you are. Yeah, I, I, I've read that, but I wasn't sure if that was still happening.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I actually was opening for them just before the the pandemic, so it was the last like real touring I did, and then the first real touring I've done. So it's real. It's been real good.
0: Um, uh, and are you? It, it seems like your album is pretty. Taking off pretty quickly. Does it? Do you feel that way, or am I just? Is that just from where I'm sitting?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I've I've been noticing some, you know, positive uh, uh, response from critics. You know, that's pretty much the only thing that I see. But yeah, I think it's, it's doing it's doing good enough. That's what they tell me.
0: <laughs> How- <laughs> How is it as a opening act? Because that's what I, I always was, and I know that either sometimes that would be great for me or sometimes they were just like, all right, dude, let's wrap it up. Yeah, it's... Uh... You're, you're more talented <laughs> than me. I'll just throw that out there right away. <laughs> <laughs> you're a lot more likable uh, and talented. <laughs> all right. Um, I
1: don't get that often, but thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... Especially opening for the drive-by truckers, it's been... Uh, overwhelmingly positive. They're definitely, and their fan fan base kind of has their own sort of community. So it was the same way last tour where, you know, by the middle or towards the end of the tour, word had kind of gotten around that people were liking what I was doing, so people would start to show up early, and it's been it's been good. But I've definitely had, you know, some experiences where the audience was just waiting for me to to be done. And I don't, I don't like that. You know, it's not even like an, an ego thing. It's just like, it's just very. It feels like a waste of time to you know spend all your time and money and and energy to be in front of a bunch of people who are just like disrespecting you to your face. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't take it lightly. <laughs> but <laughs> luckily, that's been it's, been it's been happening less and less, so I don't have to get in any trouble.
0: Yeah, how. How old were you when you moved to Milwaukee? Because I know you were born in Houston, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I never really spent any time in Houston, I think. By the time I was two
0: years old, I was in Milwaukee. Oh, so there was no culture shock or temperature shock from Houston to Milwaukee? No, nothing like that. But I did
1: recently, like a year ago, I moved to Austin, Texas. Oh, so. you did?
0: Yeah. yeah, get the fuck out of that cold, man. <laughs> I'm from yeah. I'm from Chicago, so I get that climate. What What made you split to Austin?
1: Uh, really, it was just the I moved like in the middle of 2020, and I just there was nothing for me to do. Really, I had been a working musician for you know ten years at that point. And I didn't, I couldn't play music anymore, you know, so I, against my own, you know, judgment and the advice of health officials, I, <laughs> I said, let me go to Texas <laughs> where I can play some show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't all bad, you know, I think when I first got down there, I was playing pretty much all outdoor shows, so it seemed
0: pretty reasonable, but that was the main reason was to, to make a living, you know. Right. Did you find it easy to adapt to cuz that's a pretty it that's i mean a pretty established music scene there was it did you already have connections and know people or was it pretty welcoming i i i wouldn't know what cuz it's such a music town
1: Yeah it was it was pretty easy for me actually because uh, my management and my booking agent are all based in Austin so they kind of just you know place me into a bunch of places uh, but honestly i still have not Entered the music scene, you know, culturally or socially, because you know everything I already just said. (laughs) (laughs) No matter where I go, I don't have much interest in leaving my house, so that hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah, I don't leaving the house is uh, that's for squares, because I don't like (laughs) (laughs) leaving. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) My my books and records are at home. They and people I know, (laughs) yeah, they need me. You said ten years, so how old were you when you've you've been making your living at ten, for ten years? so were you when did you start like going out and working professionally because that like bef- around your late teens?
1: yeah, it was right out of high school. I think I was eighteen, maybe nineteen uh, where it kind of I was going to school for a little bit. it didn't last long, and then I tried some different jobs and then. I kind of, I didn't even do it intentionally. I just realized that the reason why I couldn't, um, do these things is because I was, you know, playing three, four nights a week already. So I was just like, why don't I just do this? It makes more sense than anything else. (laughs) Yeah,
0: by the time I was... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you don't have to get up early when you're doing that. (laughs) Yeah. You could sleep in. Yeah, one of the perks. Uh... You went to school in Evanston, didn't you? No, I went to school in Milwaukee. That motherfucking article. I'm gonna find who wrote that. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I'll. No, fi- never... Yeah, it said you went to school. I'll see if I can find it because I was like, oh, but I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's what I read. I'm, I'm, I'm not the I'm not the brightest, Carl, but I'll tell you, sure. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I played there once Maybe twice No, just once
0: And I had a good time there But I learned a lot Maybe that's what <laughs> <to> play there. <laughs> Yeah, maybe You know That's education On the streets of Evanston um, Yeah, exactly <laughs> Did you Because I've, I've I don't know I Blues is i love I'm a big blues fan but I like it to me it's always interesting when new blues guys come out cuz you don't I feel like it's kind of like jazz where people are just sort of fixated on the older stuff and they're not as fixated on the newer stuff so I'm always because inter- yeah. no one like I was into blues and jazz as a kid and every let me tell you the kids I went to high school with that wasn't a popular choice <laughs> it was it was all hair yeah, it was yeah. all hair metal and uh, no one liked me because of it <laughs> and <laughs> They were just like it was just like baffling that people listen to jazz, and I was like, well, I don't. Know. The hair metal sucks. That there's a good start, but yeah. I was curious what uh, what led you towards blues music because it's you know it's not something that you find readily available these days.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it was just um, when I started playing
0: guitar, I was you know quickly became obsessed
1: with it. So anything that had a guitar in it was interesting to me. So. That was how it really started, but um, it was also just like, you know, when you're you're in like early adolescent stage, you're always looking for sort of people to look up to for whatever reason, but it it just worked out that I was listening to people like Lightning Hopkins and Muddy Waters, and they were just like, they were just really cool, and that was what it started off with. I think that was another thing, probably what you experienced, people didn't really understand what jazz was, because you know, if I would have said I listened to jazz at that time they immediately would would have thought of Kenny G or something. <laughs> and not Miles Davis, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: And John Coltrane is way cooler than Kenny G. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't
0: I I don't know how that came about, that form of jazz. A friend of mine has a theory about it that it was when Miles Davis started playing around with The Grateful Dead, which and that's sort of was the beginning of like what Entered into the, that sort of kind of jazz like that. I don't know if that's accurate. I just wish it didn't happen. Is that wrong? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I mean I, I don't think it's done the music world any favors, but it's great for for the people who like playing saxophone on a cruise ship, and you know, that's uh, <laughs> it's not a great way to make a living.
0: It just it's like baffling to me because jazz to me like that era, those guys, those are the coolest and then it's just like how did it end up just so milk toast and square
1: yeah and i think the same thing sort of happened to the blues there is just some at some point it went from very cool and sort of counterculture in a lot of ways to just like the lamest thing that you could think of and i think there's always these sort of movements where people try to change the perception and they change the reality of it but it's really hard to fight against those you know sort of stereotypes.
0: Yeah, I read that you and I hope this is accurate since you didn't go to school in Evanston, but uh <laughs> that you would search around the radio station looking for music and I was just curious like cuz I I don't know much about Milwaukee radio but like what you would what you would find and what sort of what the culture of Milwaukee radio was that fed you. Um I
1: think that's probably referring to, like... I remember saying at some point that I would go to record stores a lot. Maybe that's what it is. But I will answer that question anyway. (laughs) uh,
0: (laughs) Wow, is my research, uh, like... (laughs) Or somebody's not right. I don't know if it's my fault. I don't know.
1: It could just be me. I mumble a lot. People could just be getting stuff wrong. (laughs) But I do remember, like... um, Yeah, the radio being... As a kid, I only listened to what my mom would listen to, which would be the the jazz station, and that was pretty much it. But then once I started exploring the dial myself, I started listening to. Well, most of it was is terrible. Like I think in every city you have these sort of, you know, classic rock and modern rock, which are kind of the same thing at this point. Because, well, anyway, <laughs> I'll get, I'll get the point. <laughs> <laughs> I started listening to, like, um, WMSC, which is the like the college radio station. And that was kind of pretty important because, you know, college radio at 2 in the morning is to hear some of the weirdest stuff you ever heard. Um, but as far as what I'm doing now, I didn't really come across any of that on the radio. But the radio did kind of open me up to, or college. college radio opened me up to, like, all this different stuff that I couldn't really discover on my own. But mostly it was record stores I would kind of just Go and look I would buy music Based on the cover a lot And anything that looked cool I'd buy it And a lot of that Ended up being Good music
0: does, does anything stand out In your memory Of some of the stuff You would buy?
1: Yeah I remember The first time I started playing uh, I really started Getting into West African music Was this uh, a CD from a choral player Named Mamadou Jabate And there was a picture of him With uh, the choral like this big It's a West African harp And I had never Heard the instrument As far as I knew But it just looked so interesting And then Bought the album And it became like My obsession For the next like five years I played almost exclusively West African music So that was a great Like you know serendipitous at this moment
0: You bought it solely Because of the Like the harp That was on the cover
1: like- Yeah it was just like Something I had never seen before see what this is about that's pretty cool how old were you i might have been like 13 or something because i sort of you know the, the age where i was able to go places on my own well i was doing it at like you know nine or ten years old but that was also like just the cusp of where you could sort of discover music easily on the internet so I was still in the habit of going out and looking for music like in real life. So it wasn't until, in fact, I rejected all modern music technology. From I just started using Spotify like a year and a half, or two years ago. I'm still kind of stuck in those in those old ways, but I do think it's a lot more like you have a. I feel like you have a stronger connection with the music and you kind of stumble across it rather than an algorithm telling you that you might like it.
0: Yeah, I. I'd love going to a record store and not having anything in mind and just seeing what I'm going to find, which I feel like is, well, maybe people are rediscovering that, but I also think it's important because like I have kids. I don't want my kids to think music is just solely something that comes from the magical speaker that you yell at. Like I want them to have (laughs) a physical connection to it. Like I've, my daughter's five and I bought her a record because I wanted her to be I wanted her to know what the fuck that is and to know that mm-hmm. music isn't just some fucking thing in the air I'm that it's important anyway yeah. that was a tangent I apologize <laughs> no that's <laughs> but it's I too, mean that's the exact
1: I'm always kind of you know preaching that is just like I mean maybe this is also a tangent but I feel like the further you get away from the actual source of the sound further you get away from the the essence of the music and i think there is still this physical quality to the music when it's recorded to tape and played on a record or on a tape it's different than than digital it's not not it's not even a matter of better or worse it's just like you you're closer to the source in that way and i think i think it matters
0: yeah i i think it's and i i mean and i don't think it's because i grew up with records i because I, you know, at one point someone stole all mine and then I went to CDs and I didn't, I just didn't like it as much. I, and so like over the last 10 years or whatever, I went back to records and I, it just seems like a better, just I, not just this is going to sound weird, but like spiritually, there's like something more beyond just like it, there's something important to it to me. I don't know. Do I sound like a goofball? Yes, <laughs> but I don't really I want <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I think that's interesting that you were sort of on the cusp of digital and records because I, I feel like I'm like, I'm 53, so I'm obviously older than you, but it's like, so to me, it was like rec- I was records and eight tracks and cassettes were, that was it. Kind of baffled by the return of cassettes though. I'd like, except for the fact mm-hmm. that it's affordable, which I think is important
1: yeah cassettes were actually cool to me because I used to have like the 2000 Toyota Corolla that had a, a tape player in it. but you know as soon as I got a, a car that was made in this side of the century I, <laughs> I had I, I had no use for <laughs>
0: tapes anymore Cassette yeah the, tapes. that's what my friend was speculating is that's why cassettes came back is because that generation there were so many Younger folk with cars With cassette players So they were just like Fuck it, let's get cassettes Yeah Yeah So were you buying records Up until recently Or was And did you Begrudgingly get on Spotify?
1: I was buying CDs I did get into Like vinyl records For a little bit Until You know Incidentally Somebody stole my record But <laughs> <So then, laughs> And then I kind of started like moving around a lot so it was really it was not very practical. Um, And then believe it or not I just went through a long period where I just stopped listening to music. Like I and I really stopped trying to discover new music so I was pretty much like listening to the seven or eight CDs I had on my iTunes on my phone and that was it for for years. And then I kind of just for some reason like maybe I just you know woke from a deep depression I was like let's let's listen to some new music now so this was like yeah maybe two years ago I I finally started streaming
0: (coughs) what were was there significance to those seven or eight albums that you were listening to was there or was it just um, that's very curious to me
1: no not well maybe there was because it was it was just like a, a sort of connection to this time where I was, uh, like a sort of what do you call it? Um, There's like this big, a big change in my life, sort of, that I can't really put my finger on what it was. But all these songs were just attached to this point in my life, and it was like connected me to a, a time where things felt, you know, reasonable. Everything just seemed fine. So I could just listen to these songs and it didn't remind me of anything bad. Or anything good It was just like This neutral sort of Place that it would take me to And I didn't want to They didn't want to leave it
0: I, I can relate to that Because I listened to a lot of the music My grandparents listened to And that was sort of like This safe No one hit me When I was with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the safest My childhood was Was when I was at their house So I think And it took me a long time to make that connection of like oh that's why I like this music because it's there's it's represents safety did you did you find that helped you creatively to sort of withdraw from music or from most forms of music
1: yeah I think absolutely because I it's connected to like this time where I was kind of overexerting myself I was playing and of different bands and i was trying to work a bunch of jobs at the same time and i i just music just stopped making sense to me for a little while like i really didn't enjoy it so i stopped playing music for a little bit and i stopped really listening to music in the way that i used to because at that point for most of my life i was just like constantly looking for new music always listening and trying to discover new sounds like I wanted to hear everything in the world and then all of a sudden I just didn't want to hear anything at all and I think that coming out of that it made me feel a little bit more deliberate about the music that I listened to and that I made because and I've become so much more bitter now (laughs) because I I'm just like bad music doesn't just annoy me it like offends me it's like why are you wasting everyone's life with this terrible (laughs) Terrible music I,
0: I drive my fucking <laughs> up, Crazy with that kind of shit Cause I'm like The same way Like if I don't like it I can't like Be in the same Like I'll leave a f- Restaurant or a bar If the music is that bad Like I'll and, Or I'll be miserable For my meal
1: Yeah I think I think that's <laughs> That's how people That's how people Should take music I think people should Take music seriously I think But Yeah I mean That's been my goal Is to make music That is not a waste of time. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. I don't understand how people passively listen. Like, there's music you put on, but I'm like, if I own something, I'm gonna sit and listen to it, and because for multiple reasons. But I'm like, I don't know how some fucker is like, yeah, just damn. Yeah, no, this is what I play when I do laundry. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Have you ever? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever met people who say like,
1: oh, I don't listen to the lyrics.
0: Yeah, lyrics are the most...
1: That's always very strange to me.
0: Yeah, and I've even read about musicians who were like, lyrics are the last thing that they... some Like, it's not as important to them, or they just... And I'm just like, how the... F-? Like, to me, I've always been very focused on the lyrics. Where did they come in with your creation of music? Um,
1: the lyrics always come, I would say, like either in the beginning or in the middle. Like it's really hard for me to write a piece of music and then put lyrics to it. I feel like the, the lyrics have to kind of come in and decide how the song is finished. Um, but it's also difficult to just write lyrics because every time I write lyrics, it's really hard to, you know, try to fit it into a song. So it's usually, they usually happen at the same time. But that was something that took me a long time to figure out because, you know, I was, a big fan of Nirvana, and I always read that, like, you know, Kurt Cobain wouldn't write lyrics until he got into the studio or something like that. Yeah, that's what I was, what like, oh, I was referencing, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it kind of makes sense, because, you know, to a preteen, it's a lot deeper than it probably actually is. <laughs> <Some of> the, <laughs> some of the, I mean, I, I don't know what was going on in his mind, but there's a lot of... But I think that's also the genius of, of you know, someone like Kurt Cobain is, like, Depending on how you're feeling It's either complete gibberish Or complete Like the greatest thing You've ever heard
0: Yeah Cause I feel like Especially his Last album in utero I feel like the, the ly- Like I The lyrics are great On that album And I feel mm-hmm. Very poetic Like I feel Felt like it was lyrically A jump for him Not to dismiss Never mind, But that I don't mm-hmm. know But then So when I found that out I was like I don't I was like is Really? Like he just That was just like Second thought to him yeah, and
1: have, I've I've read about some other
0: artists who do that, but I mean I can't speculate anyone
1: else's decision. But whenever when I I used to say that about myself, but that was just because I was too I didn't have confidence as a lyricist, and I always felt like just waiting for a, a better idea, or like didn't want anybody to hear what I was thinking beforehand, and then just like waiting until the last minute. It was kind of like a procrastination kind of thing.
0: Do you feel a different confidence about that now?
1: Yeah, and maybe I don't even know if confidence is the right word. It's it's more like tied to what I was saying before, like everything feels more deliberate. It's like whether or not I'm confident, I'm I've just feel like it's important. So if I don't if I don't make it important, it's not going to seem important.
0: Right. Do you feel like there you're n because I mean you've done albums before this one because you did you were with is it was it Nichols and Rose? That was Nickel and Rose, yeah, Nichols. that's it. Sorry about mm. the mispronunciation there But That's all good Do you feel Like your next album Do you already have a different approach That you'll Take to that Or Like What you've learned from this one Yeah Definitely I don't know exactly what the
1: Approach will be for the next album Because I have a lot of ideas And I haven't Really had the time to To put them together yet But Um even this album was not, um, like every song was, well, most of the songs were done with, you know, a lot of seriousness and, and respect for the listener. Um, but the album itself was not was not uh, something that was like carefully curated. It was kind of just different songs from different points put together. So I think that's by most... The thing I'm focusing on most for the album is for it all to be cohesive to me. Because even though I know the album, sonically, is very cohesive, as far as like my connection to each song, it feels very all over the place, you know?
0: When you say you have ideas, is that something, is that just sort of abstract or is it like you have specific ideas of like how you want to approach the next album?
1: Yeah, it's pretty specific because I'm, you know, the kind of person who's always trying to collect ideas. And and every time I get a riff in my head, I'll, I'll try to make a note of it. So all the ideas are there. And a lot of the stuff, like my live set right now, is, is pretty significantly different from the album. So I've already got an idea of where it's going. It's just a matter of, you know, sitting down with it and, and doing something that that makes sense to me.
0: Does do you feel like a different? I don't know. If, does your environment affect you at all? Because that you were in Milwaukee for so long, and now that you're based out of Austin, does that influence your approach at all? You get more sunshine. <laughs> yeah,
1: it
0: it does, um,
1: but you know, it's 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 hard to say because I, I often ha- have written a lot of songs about sort of things that have happened to me and, you know, real experiences and sort of as a reaction to to what's happening to me. But it's also the case that, you know, no matter what is happening to me, there's always this sort of, you know, darker turn that things take, especially when I'm, because for me, writing has to be an isolated, isolated process. And whenever I'm by myself long enough, I just start Thinking about depressing things, so that's.
0: <laughs> I don't know why it's such a great world we live in, and such a great time. <laughs> I don't know. I must be missing something. I don't know. Do you put some flowers on a table? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he's got to open a window or something. I don't know. No, I, 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 thought myself into a big fucking funk right before we started talking, and I was like, God, I got to. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, uh, you, you, you helped, sir. Well, I appreciate
1: that. I mean. I tend to bum people out, but
0: this has been <laughs> a positive.
1: Yeah, you know, conversation, I
0: uh, Yeah, I just I have two girls, and so you know, you when you have two young people, and you just look at the world, and you're like, "Fuck, what, what the fuck is their future?" Like, it's hard not to. It's hard to find hope and optimism in when it, you know. I don't need to tell you. It's a fucking awful. World,
1: <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, it's funny, but it's true. And I think I look at my, you know, my mom sometimes, and I'm like, "What were you thinking? Why did you, I didn't? I didn't? I don't deserve this. Why did you bring me?"
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for the day my my daughters say that, like, as the environment gets f- f- worse, where they're just like, w- "Did you knew this was going to happen, right?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and I had the really dark thought before we started talking of like I hug my daughters often with the thought of there will be the day when I won't be able to hug them and that's an awful terribly sad thought but it's true and I sort of want them to know that even when I'm not here that love will still exist I should probably say that to them though too (laughs) yeah
1: they might appreciate that but you know I mean (laughs) i um I mean, it's it's not i i'm glad that you said that because to me that's at least from my perspective a lot of my songs and maybe they're not necessarily the ones in on the album but the songs that I write they get very dark but it's always like this sort of I feel like there's a sort of optimism in it because it's like i'm not i'm not an asshole i'm just like upset that the world is such a dark place and i wish it could be better and i know it can be better and that's why i sit down and spend so much time thinking about how fucked up
0: it actually is do you feel music can affect change
1: yeah I, i do think so i know that you know i've gone through different a lot of different stages in my life where i've you know could have gone down many different paths and on many occasions it's just been music that has made me feel like you know what it's better to just be a decent person like i think music definitely has the power to to change your your outlook on the world and your behavior and you know it can do the opposite as well but i think for the most part it's well, it's easier to 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 inspire someone to do bad things than good things for some reason. Because I guess that's just what the, how the world seems to be. But, you know, doing nothing is sometimes the best thing you can do to leave people alone. And <laughs> when you're a songwriter, when you're a songwriter, you do a whole lot of leaving
0: people alone. <laughs> I know this is probably a corny question, but, like, do you feel that music has saved you? Or given, do you, like, Direction That's it That Now that sounded stupid Once I said direction I ruined it <laughs> 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 I could have No it uh... Go ahead Sorry oh, wait, What are you saying? Oh I was okay. just I could have left don't... it simple That's
1: alright I'm glad I'm glad you took it To that awkward place <gasps> uh, I'll save it <laughs> hey,
0: I've been doing that For 53 years My friend <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Yeah absolutely Not just The act of listening To music But The act of performing and writing has has kept me in a, I mean, not only has it kept me out of trouble, it's become, you know, a way to make a living now. So music has definitely been uh, a positive influence
0: on my life. How does that, because to say that you make a living at it, because anytime I make a living at what I do, I'm just... I'm just like, holy fuck. And also I hope, I'm grateful, but I also hope I can keep it. How does that feel? Because you're doing something barely anybody on fucking earth does. You make a living creating music.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I certainly don't take it for granted. Uh, And I've had different, before, you know, the album and the label and stuff. There were points in my life where I was able to actually make a decent living playing music not always the music that you want to play but you know there are ways to to pay the rent and have a little money left over from from music but the real great part about it is that you know by the time i was like 26 i was kind of resigned to a sort of miserable life but i was okay with it i was like <laughs> i mean yeah honestly i was really like You know, I'm probably going to be not, I'm probably going to be like, you know, I'm gonna have a roommate till I'm 50 or something. And I'm gonna, you know, maybe I'll not be able to afford healthcare and I'll die of some sort of heart condition that I don't know I have, but along the way, I'm hopefully going to be able to write some good songs. And the fact that that's hopefully that's not going to happen. I think that's like a miracle.
0: Yeah, but I think that's it's interesting, because I've chosen that sort of road, too, and you're like, well, I'm going to be fucking poor for the rest of my life. That's just a given, unless a miracle yeah. happens. But at least I'm, like, I would rather be happy and broke than, like, some dickhead stockbroker, because those guys, they're so coked up, they don't know they're unhappy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the truth I mean I think the 2020 version of that is like uh, some kind of like tech guy that works at Facebook yeah like I think I mean I can't tell you how many times and this is not even in Austin how many times I've just been sitting at a bar and seen some miserable tech employee talking about how miserable his, his life is and how much money he's making and it's just like yeah, I've I've seen enough of that to know that the important thing is to be happy and to be sort of proud of the the impact you're having
0: in the world. Are you are you cautious at all about like fame? Because personally, I think like we're just seeing the beginning. I think you're gonna be a you know pretty big guy. <laughs> I don't know. Don't say that <laughs> Well uh, you're, I, I, I've never I've honestly I was just gonna say you're, no, That's all I was just gonna say The album's oh, great okay. Like I really uh, I don't know It's yeah, It's powerful You're a powerful guy
1: Well thank you I mean I honestly have, n- have never Never thought about it Cause I think a lot of people Say oh I don't wanna be famous But secretly they're Hoping it happens Like I Not only did I not want it It did not seem like a possibility Just because of the way That I came up It was like there was no visible path to fame and fortune. It was just like everybody I knew was just making music, either because they wanted to make some money or because they just liked doing it. Nobody had, not, not, not that I knew of, nobody, knew, nobody had like these great ambitions. And now that I've sort of been entered into the music industry, I see that you always have a choice. It may not feel like a choice because, you know, people will threaten you and people will tell you you have to do X, Y, Z if you want to be a success. But I don't, I, unless it's like some kind of embarrassing viral video, I don't think fame happens by accident. I think you have to sort of, to a certain degree, you have to sign up for it. And I, I don't, I don't want that. And if I feel like that's happening, I'm going to. Do something terrible To derail my career Not on, not on purpose But I'm sure this was my reaction <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah It seems Fame seems like One of the worst things Like I've had Some friends In the that I, People I know In comedy Sort of Get mild fame And It just seems to Make them fucking crazy Like it doesn't seem like A good place to be yeah, I don't I don't think it's
1: fun. Like I'm the kind of person who will hide when they see like an acquaintance at the grocery store. <laughs> so like <laughs> the thought of Is <laughs> that so you're gonna say?
0: Yeah, I know. I was just like I same thing. It's like if I see somebody I know in a coffee shop, the last thing I wanna do I'm just like I just wanna get my coffee and go home, man.
1: Right. Yeah. So the thought of being recognized is not it's not it's doesn't sound fun to me. And I think a lot of celebrities complaining about how isolating and how lonely it is to be famous. Like, I don't think they're being dramatic. I think it's just not, it's not natural for humans to be famous or celebrities.
0: No. Do you get it at all? Do you get recognized?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think I ever really have. I think once I was at a, I was at a blues festival in Austin and somebody said, Oh, Harry Buffalo Nichols. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> but that, that kind of makes sense.
0: In my 20s once, somebody thought I was Corey Feldman and I had to leave a bar, and that was... Uh... <laughs> First of all, it was insulting because uh, I was like, oh, great, I look like Corey Feldman. That's not a win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to leave at that point. There's no coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, I think that cost for like 10 years of therapy alone. <laughs> uh, I, You mentioned the African music, and didn't you go to Africa at some point? Is that because uh, now I'm gonna try to ask about anything I read? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that, that one is accurate. Uh, yeah, I went to Senegal for for a little bit
0: about ten years ago now. Was that a, a, a music a music journey, or was it was there more to it than just uh, the music? Uh,
1: it was it was music, but it was there was more to it just because at that point in my life, like most of my my friends were, like, African musicians. So eventually, like, they invited me out to to just go see, you know, to see what it was like there, and it was just a really really great
0: experience. Yeah. Did anything stand out about, or was it just a great experience?
1: Yeah, the the biggest thing that stood out was, uh, you know, because most, there's still a sort of, uh, I guess you could call it, Mm, something like a, a caste system but not to the extreme that you might think it is but people are sort of born into certain families that traditionally do certain things so all these musicians come from the, the griot family I guess is what we would say in American English so they, everyone in the family is sort of either expected or nurtured to be a historian a musician some kind of artist so, I remember going to, you know, uh, uh, the family member, one of the musicians I knew, and the whole house was just full of musicians, and there'd be people playing music and, and dancing, and there were so many people in the house that, like, people would take shifts, like, with the bed, with, like, there would be a bunch of people who slept all night, and people who slept all day, and it was just non-stop music, and it was, there was no... This, and I've, I've talked about this before, but the thing that I took away from it was like, they weren't doing it for the attention, they just had this really strong respect and appreciation for their culture. And some people were, were able to take that and make a lot of money off of it, but that wasn't really the goal. The goal was just to preserve this culture because they understood all the work of the people who had done it before them, what they had done to allow them to, to turn it into a career. And I think we had lost that with American music. I think you know the big, all this thing that all the stuff that we love that comes from jazz and blues and all this stuff, it existed before the music industry. So it came from real culture, from real people just expressing themselves. And I think it's important to keep it alive, regardless of the sort of financial financial reward that can come from.
0: That's wild. I feel like the only, and maybe, I hope it's not changing, but I feel like the only place that holds on to that culture to a degree is New Orleans, the greatest place on earth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the the standout place. I couldn't really... I'm sure there might be like little pockets here and there that I'm not aware of, but that's, that's definitely the, the first place that comes to mind.
0: Yeah, I feel like Western culture kind of has a disposable... Just art in general is just disposable, and it's either... How can we monetize it and and ruin it? <laughs> it's like, <and> not... <laughs> but except for New Orleans, I, I've I've only been to New Orleans once. But I swear to God, if I didn't have my wife back home, I would have fucking never left. And I, I, yeah, I think... maybe I was close. Just uh, <laughs> no, <I'm
1: kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's those like those those like train hopping crust punk kids. I think they they feel the same way. They just go there and then they're like, well, I'm just gonna stay here now and be a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> that <been> you, man.
0: <laughs> I'm not much for the crust, I, I gotta I gotta bathe too much To be crust punk Oh yeah
1: They wouldn't let you in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't say that No disrespect No the, I the I interviewed <laughs> Sunny War a while ago And she was She would like Hop trains When she was like 17 And it's crazy
1: Yeah I've I've met her A couple I have seen her play But she's, she's really cool Yeah,
0: yeah. I, She was wild to talk to Especially that I, I mean yeah. Train hopping's always been Something that fascinates me Like In my brain I'd like to do it But you know I'd last Fucking 15 minutes
1: <laughs> Yeah I've never I've always like Come across those people And I'm always like Dude the Megabus Is like $5 man Look at it
0: It's dangerous yeah, she almost got killed. That's why I'm like, well, fuck that shit, man. But I, yeah, adventure. Sure I, maybe crazy. that's just this sense of adventure. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I really uh, I love your music, and I really greatly enjoyed talking to you. It was a lot of fun.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, I had a great, great time. <laughs>
0: to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh go to the link tree in the show notes or the themattdwyer.com or conversations with the at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening